Well, I don't know if you've been tracking along the last couple of weeks, um, but we have been talking about stress, and we've been looking at the book of Hebrews in the Bible, and, uh, and what the book of Hebrews and what Jesus tells us about how to deal with our stress. And I don't know about you, but if you have been here the last couple of weeks, um, man, there's just, it's been so great because there's this practical stuff that we can do to help deal with stress. Sometimes it's things that we know we should be doing that we're just not doing. And um, so the, I don't know about you, but the last couple of weeks have hit me really hard. Uh, just some stuff that we're doing in our own lives that could really alleviate the stress. So if you haven't heard those two messages, I encourage you to go online and do that. But, you know, what, what I want to talk about today as we kind of deal with this final part, uh, part three of, of uh, Jesus and stress, is what about the stuff in your life that stresses you out that you truly have no control over? I mean, what about when, you know, your version of Cousin, cousin Eddie just, you know, shows up at your doorstep? How, how do we deal with that kind of stuff? What does the Bible tell us? And, and how can Jesus help us deal with the stuff in our lives that we truly can't control? So what I want to do uh, this morning, we're going to jump into Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. But if we could, let's, uh, let's pause for a second and say a word of prayer. God, um, we thank you that we're able to, to gather here this morning. And um, Lord, um, many of us are coming in with, with, with stresses, with burdens, with things that are occupying our minds, God. And uh, a lot of it we can control, but a lot of it we can't. So, uh, Lord, help us with the things that we really feel like we have no control over, and we need your help. Uh, Lord, help us, uh, through your word, uh, just get some wisdom today. In Christ's name, amen. All right, I want to read uh, verses 14 through 16 out of Hebrews chapter 4 in the New Testament. It says, um, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This passage is just a fantastic passage, and um, it gives us two things, two clear directives, things that we can do when we're dealing with stuff that really is out of our control. And the first one that we see there is in verse 14. If you want to follow along, I've got two fill-ins for you this morning. The first one, it tells us that we're to hold firmly to our faith. Hold firmly to your faith. This passage, um, if, if you don't know much about uh, this letter to the Hebrews, uh, what's really interesting is that this letter is written, the writer is writing it to a group of people. They're Jewish Christians, Jews who have come to put their faith in Jesus Christ. But they're undergoing tremendous persecution and suffering. This is the first century A.D. And it was not cool to be a Christian at that point in the Roman Empire. So they're under tremendous persecution and tremendous strain. And here's the deal, you guys. They are, they are really, really struggling in their faith. It's one of the cool things about the Bible to me is, you know, when you unlock it and you really start to look at it, it's not a bunch of like, people who have it all together. It's a bunch of people that's actually coming unraveled. And so uh, here in the book of Hebrews, 
you got this group of people, and they're, a lot of them, they're actually like, they're considering giving up their belief in Jesus Christ as Savior. I mean, they're, they're wrestling with tremendous doubt. There's, there's huge struggle going on. And a lot of them are struggling just to do what they know that they should do, that known truth that's already been revealed to them. They're, they're, they're going back on that. And, and so they're, they are just a mess. You know, I don't know about you, but for me, that is so cool to me to, to be able to read that and to be able to know that I, I can relate so much to these Hebrew people. You know, um, we're in the, in the Christmas season, and we are full on. If you don't know, by the way, we're in the Christmas season. You better get your Christmas shopping started, whatever. But, I mean, it's, it's just it's such a stressful time. It can be. You know, whether it's, you know, the stress of trying to find all the right gifts for all the different people on your list, or maybe, you know, it's, it's family members who you're just, you just know there's going to be tension and struggle and difficulty. Or maybe for you, you know, the holidays are a time where, you know, you're supposed to be all happy and you can't figure out why you're not feeling so happy and so you feel guilty or you're stressed about that. Whatever it is, but this time of year tends to be a very stressful time. And, uh, you know, when we're undergoing a lot of stress, that can chip away at our faith. That can really break down our faith and cause us to wrestle and struggle and doubt. You ever heard anybody say, I'm about to lose my religion? You ever heard that expression? I'm about losing my religion? Um, I tell you, there were a group of people that, that they lost their religion in L.A. And uh, I don't know, we got any uh, big-time shoppers out there? You did the Black Friday thing, like 5 a.m. Be proud. It's okay. Yeah, there you go. All right. So out in L.A., um, there was a shopping mall, and they did this Black Friday madness thing. I don't know if you guys read about this, but this was, this was a trip. So what they did was, instead of opening at like 5 a.m., they opened at midnight. And they said, come on out. And their thing was, you know, you get all your, all your Christmas shopping done before the sun comes up. So midnight, everything opened, right? And it was just a frenzy. I mean, the place was packed out. 2.30 in the morning, there's some people in there, and they just started losing their religion. I mean, that, that, there was, I guess the stress levels were so high, there started to be tension about presents that weren't there anymore and, you know, all, whatever. And so this, this fight breaks out. They're not exactly sure how it breaks out. But this fight breaks out. No kidding. It spills out into the food court and becomes an all-out brawl. Well, people start throwing furniture, tables, and chairs. Like, and so here's the crazy thing. This is 2.30 in the morning, Black Friday, okay? People down the way a little bit think it's gunshots. So the place goes in full-on lockdown. Okay, I mean, you talk about stress making you lose your religion. I mean, that, that is just crazy, crazy stuff. But you know what else happens in the midst of stress? There's something else that, that can happen to us too. You know, especially if we're dealing with stress that's persistent, stress that doesn't seem to go away. You know, we're praying about it, we're trying to deal with it, and it's just not getting any better. Stress sometimes causes us to ask questions like this or make statements like this. You know, God... I mean, if you exist and you love me, why am I going through this? I mean, are you really real? Maybe you're not. Stress, you know, over time, persistent stress, it can actually make us lose faith. And so the first um, exhortation that we have here in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, is that if we are struggling you know, and the stress and the strain and the burdens of whatever's going on with us, 
just like those Hebrews were dealing with all this stress, if that's causing us to, to, to start to lose heart, to start to lose faith, the first thing that we're to do is to hold firmly to our faith. And that word, uh, hold firm, uh, that's from the Greek word krateo. And that word has to do with holding with power, with strength, with might. And so, it's, it's, I mean, to me, it could be said like, hold on to your faith with all your might. Don't let go. If your faith is starting to slip, if you're stressed out and you're getting overwhelmed, fight for it. Hold on to it. Um, there's another reason, um, not just because you know, we have to hold on to it ourselves, but look at what verse 14 says. There's a reason why we can hold on in strength and with power and with might. It's not just our own power and might at work here. Look what it says, verse 14. It says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who is ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Do you guys know... Um, 2,000 years ago, what the role of the high priest was? The role of the high priest was to be a mediator between the people and God. And so the people in the Jewish faith, the people would actually, uh, they'd have the high priest take a a sacrifice to God. and And it was like a sacrifice for all their sins, all their wrongdoings over the past year. If um, back then, 2,000 years ago, if, if you had like a big struggle, you had a big thing that was weighing on you, you know, you needed prayer, you could go to the great high priest and the high priest would go and would intercede for you, you know, to God. So here in this passage, it says that we have this great high priest who's ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God. So what it tells us is Jesus is our high priest today. He is now the mediator between us and God the Father. And so if we have some sort of stress or burden or strain or whatever, we can take our prayer requests right to him. But even more than that, look uh, if you look a couple chapters on in Hebrews chapter 7. Um, so Jesus is our great high priest. He's the mediator between us and God. But check this out. This is super cool. Talking about, you know, like, Priests. There's a lot of talk about priests in, in, in Hebrews and how Jesus is the great high priest and the difference between. And so it says this in verse 23, chapter 7. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. So basically it's just saying, you know, there's one priest after another because they, you know, they're human, so they would die and then another priest would come along. There have been many of them. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. But here, and here it is. Ready? Here it is. Because he always lives to intercede for them. Romans 8.34 says that about as clearly as you can say it. Said another way. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So the reason that we can hold firm in the midst of struggle and strain and the stress of this season, when, when our faith is slipping and we're starting to lose hope, the reason that we can hold firm is because Jesus Christ is, has ascended into heaven and is sitting at the right hand of God the Father and he is interceding for us right now. Is that not amazing? Amen. All right, 
So that's the first thing. We've got to hold firmly to our faith. The second thing, when we're dealing with stuff that you know is stressing us out that we just can't seem to control, is we're told in verse 16 to approach God's throne with confidence. Approach God's throne with confidence. Now, you might be saying, what does that mean, approach God's throne? Well, essentially, what that means is that we are to come to God in prayer. Come to God in prayer. So whatever it is that is stressing us out, whatever burdens we have, and, and maybe you're here and like, I don't really have a lot of stuff that's really stressing me out. But here's the thing. If, you're, if your mind is really fixated on something, if you spend a lot of time thinking about something, that may be stress that you're not even aware that you're dealing with. And so whatever it is, okay, that, that is, is on us, we're just to take that right to God, okay? Approach God's throne. And here, here is the key, with confidence, okay? I want to focus on that just for a minute. The reason that we can approach God's throne with confidence, we see continuing on in verse 15, it says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So the reason that we can be confident, that we can confidently approach God's throne, is because he has walked in our shoes. He understands us. This, this is one of the most powerful things to me about the Christian faith. You know, you may be saying, or you, know, you may hear people say, you know, all religions are the same. All faiths are the same. There's one major, major difference between Christianity and all the other world religions. And that is that Christianity is the only one that claims that Almighty God, who is so powerful you can't even like put your eyes on God, humbled himself and came to this earth, took on human form, and walked in our shoes. He understands everything about the human life. He experienced the myriad of of temptation and yet didn't sin. So the point is, he, he fully understands what it is like, has walked the shoes of a human being. That, that is so powerful to me. So if you look at verses 14 and 15, the reason that we can be confident is kind of this combination between the two verses. One reason is because, you know, Jesus, it says he's ascended into heaven. And he's sitting at the right hand interceding. So, so we know that he's, so, he's powerful enough to overcome death and to be, you know, to be that conqueror. And so we have this powerful God okay, who's interceding for us. Combine that with the fact that he's also walked in our shoes, that he's experienced human suffering. He's experienced trial and temptation. And he totally gets it. He empathizes with us. So he's powerful, and yet he understands, and he empathizes, and he wants to help us. That's why we can approach God's throne with confidence. It says in verse 16 that if we, if we do come, if we approach God's throne with confidence, or the way that the New Living Translation says is, let us come boldly, let us come boldly to God's throne of grace. I like how that's said. But if we do that, if we come boldly, if we come with confidence, this is what it says. It says, it, let us then approach God's throne of, of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us 
in our time of need. So what it says is we're going to receive mercy and we're going to find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean, although sometimes God just, you, you, you pray and God does that. You know, many of us have had that experience where God just delivers us from that situation. He just miraculously smacks Cousin Eddie upside the head with a brick and all of a sudden, you know, he's like a normal family member, you know. A lot of the time for me, that's not the way it works. But what the Bible promises us is that we'll receive mercy and we'll find grace. And so, you know, what that might look like is that God just eases up the tension a little bit in whatever situation or whatever struggle. You know, it has a little, just there's a, there's a touch of mercy in there that you can experience. If you go in faith, you go in confidence, you, you believe that God's going to do something. You, you may see God's mercy at work. And you may find grace. God may give you some extra grace so that you're just better suited, better prepared to, to deal with that situation. That he may give you an extra dose of patience or understanding. So a lot of times for me, that's how God's mercy and God's grace shows up. But nevertheless, whether God just delivers us from that situation or whether he just eases it a little bit and just gives us enough to be able to get through, this is a pretty awesome promise here. That if we approach God's throne with confidence, he'll give us mercy and we'll find grace to be able to get through our time of need. All right. Well, um, this morning we are going to be celebrating communion. And um, I think this is pretty cool because uh, this really gives us the opportunity. And yeah, if you're, if you're um, serving communion, go ahead and, and, and get the elements and please take your places. Uh, the music team is going to come forward as well and they're going to play for us during communion. Um, I should also say that communion at Grace is open to, to everyone. So if you would like to receive communion, you can just come down. Uh, when, when the, after I say a prayer, you can just come down and, uh, and you can take communion with us. But here's what I want us to do. I want us to use this communion time as an opportunity to approach God's throne with confidence. You know, uh, there's a lot of us here who are carrying stuff. Um, we have stresses and strains and, and just burdens and things that are occupying our minds. And uh, what I want you to do is if you're here this morning and you have something that is just, you know, it's, it's, it's on you, you can feel it. And you would like to have God's help. You'd like to have his mercy and his grace in dealing with that situation. And what I want you to do is, is um, as the team starts to play and, and we invite you to come forward, I want you to, you know, symbolically, I want you to, to bring whatever that is up to the front, up to the communion station. And I was thinking about it, and I just thought, you know, for me, symbolically, just to take whatever it is and to kind of imagine I'm just putting it in my hand and, I'm just, and to just clench a fist and hold it. And hold on to it tight until you, get, until you walk down. Just walk down, walk down with a clenched fist. And then when you get to the front, you know, as you go to receive communion and you open up your hand, just, just give that to God. Many of us have been holding on to things far too long and trying. This is what I do. I try in my own power so often to, uh, to, to try and fix things. And, uh, and this is like my last resort, you know. I'm ashamed to say, but it's, it's my last resort a lot of times. And so what I want you to do is just release that to God. Approach his throne with confidence, knowing that Jesus Christ not only came to die on a cross to set us free from our sins, but he came to set us free from our burdens, our struggles. He came to give us full freedom 
So, um, if you would, would you pray with me? And then we're going to receive communion. God, um, Lord, there are uh, many things that we're dealing with this holiday season. God, you know all those completely. You know those better than even we do. Lord, help us in this time to use this as an opportunity to worship you, to come forward and whatever it is that we're thinking about, dealing with, whatever we're, we're preoccupied by, Lord, let us walk down and release that to you. Let us approach your throne with confidence. God, we thank you for the blood that you shed and your body that was broken for forgiveness of our sins. But Lord, we also thank you for the victory that you accomplished, that this was not the end, that you now have ascended into heaven and that you sit at the right hand of God the Father and you intercede for us. So Lord, as we come forward with our burdens, with our fists clenched around whatever it is that we need from you, Lord, help us to release it to you and to trade in our burdens and our sorrows for the joy of the Lord and to walk back confident that you are at work and that you're going to do something, God. We thank you and we dedicate this time of communion to you. In Christ's name, amen. As you guys feel led, you feel free to come up. There's different stations in the auditorium.